Welcome to the Unsuccess Podcast, a podcast where we rethink ministry, we rethink uh, what faithfulness and obedience looks like in uh, ministry in the 21st century here in Portland, Oregon. I'm David Libby. And I'm Josh Hawk. And today we have a very special guest, uh, Josh, your dad. Yeah. Somebody near and dear to my heart. Um, it's really cool. I've had the opportunity um, and really the gift, I think, of doing ministry, serving alongside my dad in a professional capacity for the last 10 years. Um, but, you know, just to kind of catch everybody up, um, you know, I grew up in St. John's. My dad has pastored here for, you know, 35 years since 1982 when he moved here. Um, but I remember after I left, I moved down to Eugene after high school and there was this experience, um, you know, something happened at the church and ministry and I saw my dad in a new capacity and I remember down there this switch just saying, wow, I would love to be able to come back to serve under my dad, not just as kind of a parent child relationship, but in a professional capacity. Like I had gotten this in, you know, just intense respect and, and i felt like this light kind of went off and I was able to see him in a different, in a different way. Um, and so after being in Eugene for about five years, that came to fruition. I had the opportunity to come back and to serve with him um, in ministry for 10 years, kind of as his assistant, kind of did everything. I like a lot of people say, hey, were you the youth guy? And I'm like, well, sometimes, sort of. <laughs> um, but, uh, but really, we, we, began to gel and we just worked very well together. We have very different skill sets and, and giftings. Um, and so it's a privilege really to have him, you know, on here today with us to speak to us, to give us great wisdom. Um, that's uh, always I'm hoping for that. It, um, one of the things I think that sticks out to, to me, another thing when I think about my relationship with my dad is that of discipleship. You know, discipleship is one of those kind of buzzwords that we talk about, you know, and everybody has their ideas on discipleship. Um, but I've always told people that my dad has discipled me and continues to disciple me, you know, even still for the almost 35 years of my life. Um, and, and so it's just this kind of in and out, this, this day to day kind of a thing. Um, so dad, welcome. Thank you. It's, uh, it's a joy. It's a privilege to, to sit here and to, to dialogue, yeah, we we like to we like to throw it out there where we say welcome, and then we see if someone knows how to respond. <laughs> it's just kind of yeah. this dead air. No, uh, so tell us how you came here because you didn't grow up in the area. I grew up in Indiana. I grew up in a pretty, um, pretty least legalistic legalistic background backdrop in in my life growing up and um and, uh, and in my senior year of high school I felt a call towards ministry and my pastor at that time uh, came to me and he says you know because you're pursuing pastoral ministry he says I I might recommend a school one of our bible college in Allentown Pennsylvania and um so I began to pray about it and think about it, and I thought, wow, that's quite an adventure, you know? It's like I, we, we, we didn't go away places, you know, <laughs> a lot, and, and that seemed like a long distance. And I responded and went, and 
to the Bible College in Allentown, Pennsylvania, United Wesleyan College, and that was that was the beginning. And through that, I um, it uh, it began to to change to to shape my life, you know, in a in a whole different way. Um, and over through throughout time, it wasn't something that happened overnight, but um, just just through God's word and in my ministry and my my learning process there, uh, just an, a growing interest and growing love for for people, uh, just just in general. Um, I'm not a, an extrovert by nature. I don't um, don't try to throw myself out there in front of people, but I, I just just begin to um, to love people. And the church, the local church that I got involved in there with was um, we there was an active um, outreach program and evangelism program, you know, going out and it was a program that was prescribed, you know, for us and we went out and and um, that just seemed to <laughs> um, come up against against shut doors, you know, on walls and barriers in, in that. And, mm. and, um, so that was just the beginning of, of my, my life, my thought process as it related to ministry. And I found this growing love for, for people, you know, just coming alongside of people and, and listening to their story. And, um, and so, so anyway, we, um, after at the end of our our college years, uh, during college, I met my who my wife is now, Deb, um, and she. We were married the summer after we graduated, and then we were we began to pursue ministries. And the first place was in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. Uh, a church there called us as youth pastors, and we went there. And my wife. Took on nursing, and um, and eventually, and then the pastor there resigned, and and that set us free to explore other options. And I, I don't need to go into all the de- details, but it, that is what led us to uh, Portland, Oregon, and both of our our ministries are. Um, that uh, that we were focused on was. Um, was uh, was ministry overseas, um, cross cultural ministries, and we thought we would. We felt like you know that God was calling us to the to the mission field, and that's the direction we were headed. And we brought us out here for the years of 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 um, ministry that was prescribed, you know, ahead of time to go to um, foreign mission field somewhere. And over time, we felt like God was saying, "This, this is your mission field," mm. and um, and so that's that's what that was the beginning of this long journey over the last thirty five years, and it's been a, a great joy. And that that passion that God placed upon my heart, you know, early on, in the latter years of my 
my college um, work and and then early ministry, just the love and interest in in people and coming alongside of them, and that's that's where you know, what happened here in, in our lives. And when we came here, it was a small church, and the the DS that called and talked to me says, you know, we just have a small you know band of people that you know mostly retired people and a few kids from the neighborhood. Um, just need somebody to come in and love them. And I was like, wow, that's what we like to do. <laughs> and we came in and, and they were, it, it was wonderful. I've heard all the nightmare stories, you know, of, of people that just ran off, ran their, their, their pastor, right, you know, out of the church, you know, within the first, you know, year or two. And, um, but they just loved us and just, it was just easy to love them and to serve them, to serve their needs. And, and through that, um, we were nurtured. You know, it's like here we were called to to minister, but you know, being you know three thousand miles away from home, it's just uh, it was it was such a blessing. You know, to be to be loved, to be embraced, and uh, and it just set a, a fertile soil. You know, for us to come and to to minister in, within. That's right. Good. Right. So, Dad, you're from Indiana. Mom's from Pennsylvania. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Had either of you ever been anywhere on the West Coast before? No, never. <laughs> yeah, and that yeah, that's a story in itself too. It's like the the church here had just a little bit of money. I don't know, six hundred, eight hundred. I think it was eight hundred dollars. You know that they said they had there in their their bank account. He said, Do you know. Be pretty expensive to fly you out here and to to preach a sermon and you know for us to interview you. Um, so <laughs> we wrote a letter and I preached on a cassette tape and sent that out and they voted sight unseen. <laughs> we got in the, our U-Haul truck and the, Deb drove the car and we came across the country. It was a, a wow territory we had never walked in before for our uh, younger listeners cassette tapes <laughs> <laughs> they, they're they're like mp3s that break after a while they're 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 not great so so you you felt called to overseas ministry you you plan to travel overseas and then you found that god called you to another mission Across the Midwest, basically, yeah, and and you found yourself here. So, what were some of the early uh, challenges or successes that you found in your ministry here in the Northwest? Wow, um, I just because of our nature, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know that we fit Deb and I. It fit the fit the the, the mold um, that uh, was typically cast. Um, it, one of the things that that I was you know was always exposed to you know back in in the Bible Belt. You mm-hmm. know, you just you were just expected to spend time you know going door to door you know talking to people and and um, I discovered in a short period of time <laughs> that. Um, this was was a totally different culture. Uh, there, you know, people back in the in the Midwest back in those years, they're 
fairly fairly open. You know, so it's they may not give a positive response, um, but they were pretty open to you coming, you know, and to talking to them, sharing with them. Um, but it was <clears throat> it was um, completely different at that time. Um, and so just just finding those places where people gather and just begin to come alongside of people in, in, in life and, and beginning <clears throat> to connect with connections that other people had with, <clears throat> within the church. When we came here, it was literally um, all retired people, a few Sunday school kids that were from the neighborhood. Um, so it was just reaching out into those families, coming alongside of them and and over time, we begin to see uh, people come to Christ, and we saw growth out of that, and begin to see young families come into the um, the church, and um, it was it was a great uh, great opportunity. Um, Deb, my, my wife, also is a nurse, and she <clears throat> in her workplace. Um, there were uh, she was ministering medically <laughs> to some of the families that from the community around us, and so there was connections with families, you know, through that as well. And and um, and we we also um, enjoy hospitality, so it was easy to uh, and for us to just to reach out to people, invite them into our home, and um, for a meal. And just getting to know each other, there's just an openness to um, to the gospel and to what um, Christ uh, could do in a in a life um, yeah. during that time. So. It's interesting you bring up hospitality. I uh, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. First of all, you built a house while you were here uh, in in a different way than most pastors normally do. Uh, can you tell us about that? <laughs> well, within the f- first three years that we were here. Um, we began to we we rented a the church rented a, a small house um, just a few blocks away from here, which was a good thing because we were um, in in some in some ways it may have been better um, as far as reaching out because we had we were able to connect with families you know right around us where we live but but anyway be that as it as it as it was um, the church this. Uh, the board just be, we begin to set and begin to reflect and think about you know what what could we do to because um, it was a small house and we had a growing family and it's like Josh was born at that time and um, so the the church there was a flat roof at the back over the fellowship hall in, in the back of the church and it was leaky and I said you know what we could we could address the needs of that that there by just building up on that section uh, a house, and so that's exactly Normal what people, happened. I think you know, they <laughs> they say let's fix the roof, but you know my dad and the group of people there like no, let's just build a house on <laughs> yeah. top of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it wasn't all me, you know. The the board was you know it was maybe a suggestion, and then the board just jumped on that. And said wow. And um, the the previous church building that they they uh, were worshiping in was it, the timing was just perfect because they they sold that property. It's a martial arts little center now, but it, it 
um, it was sold. And so with that money and with the savings, um, we were able to build that um, with very little debt at that time. So that was that was an, an interesting journey. So, so, I, so I, I love telling this, too, because <laughs> I grew up in the church, and literally because the church that our house was built on top of the church, like I literally grew up mm-hmm. in the church. In the church, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of pastors say they live in their church because they're there all the time. You, you yeah. legit lived in the church. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So that out, out of that, out of that too, in the building process, there were people that, that were loosely attached to the church. They came alongside and helped out as, as well. And we, we saw some young families <clears throat> um, converted and, and um, the husband anyway, uh, coming to Christ. And it was, it was a fun journey. It was yeah. neat to see what God was doing through that. And there was uh, a new level of, Energy um, to so church growth right. strategy build a house on top of the church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, how did that change things for you and your family? Did that make the boundaries between the church and your family a little bit less, or did they respect your need for? Yeah, you know, so there was a lot of concern over that that factor, you know, yeah. that, you know, people worried about it and, but it, you know, over the years, we, I, I mean, other, you know, other pastors, people from the district, you know, expressed the concern, you know, of that, so people intruding on your space, but it, I, I don't know that we ever had to say that except for little kids sometimes that just wanted to run in there. Um, but for <laughs> yeah. the most part, they really respected those, those boundaries. And, um, and now it's just become an open door uh, forever. It's, it's been wonderful. It's a great, um, great hub, a great place to, um, to connect, yeah. <laughs> to invite people in, to be a part of. So. Yeah, it for sure is an anomaly. And, you know, just growing up there, I don't know, everybody thinks it's weird and it kind of is weird, I guess, but you you grow used to it. And it, we always we always did it as a family. We always did a good job at getting away. And, you know, my parents, even now, they still mm-hmm. live there, but they have, a, you know, a cabin up north of Battleground. Um, so there's places to retreat i guess when we needed to or we would take we we did lots of travel growing up and um mm-hmm. and so that yeah it 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 just worked out i it is though you tell people i don't know if i've ever heard of a setup quite like that you know and um and you get all sorts of weird looks and weird questions about it but um yeah it's super positive experience growing up that's fantastic dad i i have a question um can i Going back a little bit, so you came out here in 1982. Your plan was to go to seminary, um, you know, serve a couple years as pastor, kind of get that under your belt, and then kind of step onto the missions field. And that, you know, 35 years later, you still haven't gotten there. Um, was there a moment? <laughs> was there a moment when kind of switched and you looked at mom and you said, um, "I don't think we're leaving." Or was that? Or did she say that to you? <laughs> or or was that just kind of 
did did it just kind of slowly happen, or was there this realization that you can kind of think back that, or how did that? I don't know, like that maybe that ambition or that dream of, you know, going onward and upward to the mission field. You know, how did that kind of flicker away, or has it really? You know, or or what does that look like? Yeah, that's that's a good question. It's a question I've been asked uh, many times, and my short answer has has always been, you know, that what I stated earlier, and that is that we came to believe deep in our hearts that God was saying, "This is your mission field," um, as contrasting. Both of our experiences, Deb grew up on a, on a farm in a very rural area, you know, and then, and I, I grew up in the suburbs of Indianapolis, but, but as we, as we came here, the culture was, was so diverse, so broad, um, I, I'd never seen in my life, um, so many different um, cultures that were blended together in this community that God called us to. And I, I don't know that there was a single moment where we said, this is it. But over time, we begin to express that to one another, you know, to be able to say to each other, you know, um, and as other people asked that question, I, we, we just came to believe in our hearts, a deep conviction. It wasn't just something that was an easy step to take. Um, sometimes I think it would have been easier, you know, to, to go, go on. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was, I, I can't say anything less than, you know, the fact that, that God really cemented that in our hearts, you know, and, and our direction, you know, for life. You know, he said, this is where I have called you um, to serve. And uh, So you two, uh, talk to me about, you said there was a moment where you saw your dad on TV or um, yeah, elsewhere, and then and and you said, "I want to partner with him." So I'd like to hear from you and also you, Phil, about what that experience was like. Did Josh come up to you and you were like, oh, "I don't know about this," or um, or was it? Uh, it was it more natural than that. Tell me, tell me uh, the story first of all, and then what happened beyond. Yeah. So there's a. Oh man, when was this? This is 2002, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a tragedy at the church, and and so my dad held a press conference, and this is right after I'd moved down to Eugene after high school, and I'd spent a couple, or it looked like kind of for the for the foreseeable future that I would not return to Portland. You know, I was kind of done. That was home, and um, was moving on with my life. Um, but so my dad hosted a press conference and got some news, um, news press and, um, and I was, yeah, I watched him in TV and just how he handled the situation. I'm like, wow. And 
I don't know if I ever, like, it wasn't at that moment that I called him up and said, hey, dad, you know, I want to come be your assistant pastor sometime. <laughs> um, but I think that was when the seed was planted. And, you know, I, I lived in Eugene for another four or five years after that um, and went to college. And that's where, you know, David, you and I met. Yeah. Um, and, and then I got married down there and really started a life down there. Um, but then after, I don't know, I, I started looking, um, looking at some, some different things and and it's interesting how God kind of works everything out. Um, but for us, I think the trigger, you know, that, um, my wife and I caused us to move back to Portland, um, really probably the death of my brother. Um, so Mm -hmm. I graduated college, um, and uh, I was involved in the church down there, and it was it was it was positive, you know. But it, I don't know, I wasn't terribly excited, or I didn't see myself there, kind of for the long haul. And you know, so stuff happening with my family. My two younger brothers are still at home at the time, um, and there's just this overwhelming sense of I think it's time to move back to Portland, um, and I did. I did remember that time and, and over the, those couple years, you know, looking at my dad and kind of working with him and seeing ministry and seeing kind of what was happening in the church while I was gone, there's, there's this growing yearning, I guess, to kind of come back and to kind of sit at the feet of the master, if you would. Um, and, and just kind of learn, learn from him. Um, and so the, really the death of my brother, um, I think kind of pushed us in that direction. So he died in December of oh 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 six, um, mm-hmm. and then we moved um, we moved to Portland in June of oh seven, um, and during that time um, we got pregnant with our first daughter as well. And so there's a lot of I don't know this new chapter this and. Uh, and more than just a chapter, too. It was like this new saga and this trilogy of life that, that we were kind of ushering into and said goodbye to Eugene. We sold our house down there and um, and established ourselves here. And, and the board was gracious enough to, you know, hire me on very part-time and, you know, really whatever capacity that my dad and I determined. Um, and so that that's kind of that inner... Oh, that in between time, I guess of mm-hmm. of what had happened, um, and and it wasn't. Oh, I wasn't this you know humble kid coming back, you know, and saying, "Dad, teach me all the things." I at this point, I I came back kind of a little bit hot headed, pride filled my spirit big time, you know, and no. I had I had no, all the I answers. Don't believe it. No, <laughs> um, you know, hire a hire a recent college grad, you know, <laughs> while they still know everything before they realize that we don't know near as much as we thought we did. Um, and so our relationship over the last decade, I, I, I've likened it very much to Moses and Joshua. You know, I was the Joshua who'd just come back from the promised land at that point. Like, yeah, we can do great things. You know, we can just kind of blow things up and, um, I mean, we can conquer the world and, um, and so working with my dad and, and he has definitely calmed me down a lot, given me perspective um, in that. And 
yeah, it just kind of redefined and just really helped shift kind of my paradigm and um, rethinking what, I guess, that promised land actually looks like. Mm-hmm. Just... <clears throat> Just in that transition, I, I just want to carry on with the, the transition that we've seen over over the years of ministry here. Yeah, um, I, I feel like um, Joshua coming on to the um, <clears throat> part part of the ministry team here was was very significant as it relates to the transition that was happening in our community as well. And when we came here, um, we came to a um, a place that was multicultural, as I stated earlier, but a very low income, a lot of government-subsidized housing here um, just all over, and, and along with that came a lot of, of, a lot of crime, uh, just a lot of things that happened that, um, you know, looking back, we, I don't know that if we would have known that ahead of time, we would say, I, I don't think we want to raise our children in that kind of environment. Right. Um, but but it was so interesting because the the people who build this church and you know grown up in this community and and so on, literally, literally, um, all of them <laughs> began to move out of this area, out into the outlying communities, you know, in the suburbs of around Portland. And and so there's this this transition, you know, that began to take place and and then as the housing market began to to climb, all of a sudden, you know, it, it was beginning to draw in, you know, a whole new clientele. Anyway, big transition. I won't, don't need to go in a lot of detail with that, but just in our community, the just the climate of it was was changing, and and I feel like um, that God has has was as as he was working on Joshua's life, um, it was, I think it was very instrumental in that transition that was going on in our community as well. And I feel like God has given um, Josh the kind of uh, skill sets that would, um, that better can um, reach out to that, you know, that community and that clientele of, of people. And, um, and so that's been a, a fun, good journey together as well. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us some about that transition because it it came to sort of a climax this past year wherein you, Josh, fully transitioned into the lead pastor here at St. John's Wesleyan and you, Phil, did not retire, mm-hmm. but you became the associate pastor. Is that right? Okay. Yes. So tell us some about that. Yeah, like how that so, came about. Oh man, it's just just our personalities. For those you know who know my dad and I, um, I am definitely that firstborn, strong-willed, you know, stubborn, um, kind of headstrong personality and character. You know, and I am definitely you know a little bit more of a go-getter. Um, some people use the word obnoxious. Um, I use that word. <laughs> my wife uses that word often, I think, too. She's a strong introvert. And she's like, man, just leave me alone. Um, and my dad is very much that calm, collected, you know, introverted personality. And and so th- that transition has, man, it it 
climaxed kind of technically, I guess, this last year. But we've we've shifted a lot. And, you know, I began to kind of cast or help cast a lot of vision, you know, for for quite some time. Um, again, I don't know if there was this kind of this moment. I think halfway between there, um, between the last decade, um, I was kind of flirting with, with leaving the area and looking at other places to kind of settle down and kind of what God's plan for, for my life was. Um, but it was during that time that doors closed and there was just this, oh, this solidifying of God's call in for North Portland in my heart. And, um, and so as soon as that became apparent, it was like, man, I'm, I'm just going to invest everything, you know, and so it has been very kind of, ministry has been very entrepreneurial, uh, very kind of small business mindset, like this is, this is my home, and I'm going to give it all, and I think with that, there's a lot of humility, Um, you know, uh, my dad has exhibited a servant's heart, and I began, I think, to pick up some of those things, Um, but began to, ministry-wise, you know, shift, I took it took a lot of leadership, you know, just even on the board level or with, with a lot of our church leaders, um, and really work to kind of establish some of the, I don't know, the authority or the more the trust and the respect of, of the people. Um, cause you know, positionally we, we claim to have, you know, some positional power, but that really means little, especially in a community that, kind of celebrates or honors kind of longevity and we don't trust kind of newcomers. Um, and, uh, and so I, I ended up, I, I've had to kind of hold my dad accountable in a lot of different areas. I'm not super administrative, but definitely more administrative than my dad is. Um, and so for years I've kind of, I've had to tell him, Hey, you need to do this or let's do this together. Um, and I had a discerning kind of process two years ago of trying to figure out the direction for my life. And, um, you know, through talking with, um, with an individual, he helped me discern that, you know, the, the next steps, I guess. And, um, and so I, I had this conversation with my dad is about a year and a half ago it was in, I think September, um, I said, Hey, I think God kind of is calling me towards this, you know, and their implications for you in that, um, you know, what do you, what do you think about that? And we were sitting at Starbucks actually having this conversation and, and almost immediately, I mean, he didn't say, well, I've got to kind of go home and pray about it, you know, and I'll get back to you. Um, but almost immediately he, he kind of affirmed that and, and we started this journey. Um, and it was really, oh man, it was really interesting because, you know, our church polity, how it works is that um, our district superintendent or the, the pastor actually steps down and resigns. Then our district superintendent um, presents candidates to the church board. And then the local church board presents that candidate to the congregation and the congregation votes. Um, and so we had talked to the church board about this um, this transition and thinking, you know, feeling that the season is right and really just receiving a lot of affirmation all around. Um, but we'd failed to loop our district superintendent in on this, you know, and, um, <laughs> and Whoops. finally, like, man, it was, I think it was December. Um, 
in this in this transition time, um, a couple months after my dad and I had that conversation, I said, I think I think we, he needs to know. And so I was the one who ended up sending him an email saying, um, "Hey, this is our plan. This is what <laughs> what we're doing." And like he didn't he didn't know us really well, you know, or our context very intimately. And like the next day, it was, it was the cease and desist letter really that we got back. It was like, what is happening in St. John's? You know, this this is not how it's supposed to work. And and uh, ended up being. Did you get snarky with him? Did you write I, back like, no, I nothing didn't. is how it's supposed to work. That's the point. Read that, the Gospels. At that point, I became kind of fearful for my job. I guess. <laughs> And so really that kind of submission and surrender really became a quick reality. And I'm like, um, yes, you're right. You know, I, we need to, cause we, we, it wasn't malicious, you know, like it just was how it worked out and kind of the, I think the culture of our congregation. Um, and so he came in and he, he was able to give some leadership and some direction and, uh, really I think has helped, has led us into a very positive transition. Like, I don't know if it could have gone any better um in a lot of ways i think for me it's been slower than not um but through the last year i think god has kind of worked in my own in my own heart a lot too but yeah so the transition happened officially i I was installed as lead pastor um in june of oh seven or 17 so last year um and was oh was a great great service and I worked to yeah. really wanted to kind of celebrate the 35 years of kind of my dad's ministry and, and um, his faithful obedience um, right we should talk about that service because I, I don't know if the mics were on when you you said this but there was there was something you said that uh, that I found really compelling and apparently there were gasps. I don't remember gasps. Yeah. So that time, I, I so in that service, it was the week before. I the way we had set it up is that you know my dad would share, I would share, and our district superintendent would kind of share, and then and we had a few other people who were going to share li- kind of short little testimonies, really honoring my dad in that. Um, and then this this official installment from our our superintendent, and I just the week before I began to think about, I was just, I'd come off of a, a five week sabbatical. Um, was thinking about what, what it is that I was going to share. And I think really this, this podcast was birthed out of that week before that, this idea of unsuccess. Um, and we've, for years, we flirted with this idea of redefining success um, we want to change the, you know, the metrics in which we measure. Um, and you decided the success is about having a thousand people in your sanctuary. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of what's been handed down, I think over and right. over again. And we've, right. we've pushed back, the church has pushed back on that and we've said, you know, oh, well, no, that, that is not necessarily success for some people. Like that's how God works with some, but for some others, it's not about that. Um, but success is about something else. And it would just, man, I, I can't kind of tell you or explain. Maybe it's just kind of my boldness or the fact that I like to stir up waters. Um, 
but this idea of unsuccess that God actually hasn't called us to success at all. And so in that service, I think it was after my dad shared, so he didn't even have a chance to rebuttal during that time. Um, but I stood up in front of a poor district superintendent who had no idea what was coming. Um, and then the, the congregation at the time, and I said, you know, for the last 35 years, my dad has not been a successful pastor. And I said, the ch- and then, of course, I say that, and then I'm quiet. I, I let it just kind of sink in. And then I said, and the church has not been a successful church. And when you look at numbers, when you look at statistics, I said, yeah, you know, we've had people come to Christ, you know, or we've had baptisms, even these all these things that we actually kind of celebrate or we um, we want to push is this new metrics. Um, but it hasn't been a lot. You know, it's it's been a you know, a few here and there, and, and we've seen ebbs and flows of growth, I guess. Um, but really, over the course of the 35 years, our growth has been pathetic. Um, and we haven't had, like, high impact in our community either, you know, like leaps and bounds, what you'd expect, you know, these this big thing. Um, but the word that came to me in that, so saying that we are not a successful church and my dad has not been a successful pastor is maybe God has not called us to be successful, um, but rather it's about faithfulness and obedience. And so then that's what I, I really honor with my dad. And I said, you know, everybody who knows him knows that he is faithful and he will be there, you know, to help you change a toilet or change a flat tire. Or, um, you know, I've called him and I continue to call him, you know, when I get myself in a bind and I don't know what to do, you know, and He's there literally 24-7. Um, he'll come at the most inopportune times, you know, to help you. And, and, <laughs> and, and But it's that obedience. And I think it goes back to, Dad, you know, what, what you said at the beginning about that, um, that love for people. Like, never have I seen you or encountered you. you. You've never had this desire to grow an organization or an institution, you know, or... Um, but your passion has always been kind of interpersonal relationships with people um, and establishing those relationships. So let's hear from your side of things. Uh, Josh says, you've not been a successful pastor. This hasn't been a successful church. Were you thinking at the moment, whoa, 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 wait a minute. (laughs) I'm not sure that's right. Were you thinking something along those lines, or were you tracking with him? I I was tracking with him. Okay. When I've I've learned with Josh that uh, that you don't you don't jump up and down, you know over the first words that comes out, <laughs> out, out of his mouth. Uh, Josh has always um, uses that shock factor, you know, in, in his conversations, even in his sermons, you know, he'll, he'll do that from, from time, to <clears throat> time to time. And uh, you have to, you have to go, you got, you got to be on, you got, you got to be along for the ride. If you're going to, if you're going to, you know, get the the whole you know get the understanding of what uh, what he's what he's saying and 
and I, I think that's a, that's a fair, fair assessment as, as the church generally, you know, defines success, um, I probably wouldn't, um, be called success, but there is deep, um, and I, and I, I've shared this, you know, so many times there's, there's deep, deep, um, Uh, contentment. I I don't know. No, that's that's not a good word. Um, but an assurance, a confidence in my heart that um, that God has called me to be faithful, and um, I I am blessed to have had the opportunity to invest in the lives of the people that He has put in my path over the years. And um, and my life is 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 richer through that. Um, I I really believe that. So tell us some stories uh, as we start to wrap up here about some of the fruit you've seen from uh, yours and Deb's faithfulness and obedience here in St. John's. What's come of wow, your ministry here? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know where to where where to start. Okay. How to, uh, to let, with, well, let's start with, with uh, you've yeah. got you've you've seen your church change probably three, four times. Yeah. The, none of the people that were here when you came are here anymore. Right. And the, this is a whole new church. What kinds of life change have you seen in, uh, in some of the lives that you've had the privilege to minister to? Well, one, one of the things that um, it's always been a, a deep passion for me is First of all, to to look upon your family as a mission field, <laughs> and um, and I feel like that's that's something that that's probably the one of the biggest things. As I reflect back upon the families that have um, had had opportunity, it's like there's several f- families that come to my mind um, that have expressed their gratitude for that um, that teaching in their lives to see their their family those that that God has placed in their sphere of influence um, to to invest in the lives of those those children and those lives and not just the children but the spouse and you know whoever comes through the doors of your house. Um, to pray for, to share the word with, you know, it's not just with people out on the, sitting on the curb or walking down the street, but it's the people within your home. That's, that's one of the biggest mission fields that we have in life. And, um, and so many times I've, you know, growing up in the church, I've seen families just fall apart in shambles and, 
it's that's heartbreaking to me. Uh, it's yeah. and um, and so that's that's probably the one of the the biggest areas of of ministry that has has been you know deep and close to my heart as I you know not in the lives of my children um, and their families now and um, and I'm I'm blessed to to watch them and to see what God is doing in the lives of their children as they invest and they pour into their those lives. But um, there's there's others, you know, the families that have have come and gone on and seen them as well invest and pour into the lives of their children. Um, yeah. And uh, finally. <clears throat> I don't know if you have any more, but uh, I I'd like to hear as someone who's been here for a long time and has seen the area change, the mm-hmm. culture change. You've talked about how we've gone from very diverse and very low income to um, not quite so much. What do you see as the biggest need, or some of the biggest needs here in the area? that the church will need to address? I, I don't know. I, I just have to hearken back, you know, to where, where I started. I just looking, looking for those avenues, you know, to come alongside of people in life. Um, and I think that's the, that's the greatest greatest thing that we can do you know we may not make a a deep spiritual impact upon a person's life but if um if we come alongside of them and invest worth and value into their lives and so that we build relationships with those people around us you know whether it's in the work workplace you know whether it's our neighbors next door um i i find it a great challenge, you know, for myself, even now, as I reflect back over the years of ministry, it's, um, it's much, <laughs> much deeper challenge. Um, but the challenge is, is still the same. And that is, um, to look about, look upon, you know, humanity around us and begin, you know, invest in their lives in ways that you use, you, you invest worth and value in their lives. And, that's, I, I feel like that's <clears throat> that's the way, the only way that we're going to find an open audience, you know, to the world that uh, that we live in, mm. and it may take more touches, you know, more contacts, you know, with them um, because they have become, you know, I I see the the community, you know, the people that I, I talk to around, it's like, um, a lot of nice people, <clears throat> people living right around me, you know, I can carry on a conversation with them, but they don't want to have anything to do with the church and what it stands for. And, yeah. um, and so I think, you know, the challenge for us today is to just to be faithful, to be constant and, and investing in those lives. Because when, um, when everything falls apart, <laughs> um, 
we need to be there to um, to help them pick up the the pieces. I've I've sat in you know in years gone by, and I've sat in you know many people's live. I'm thinking of couples specifically um, sit in their living room where you know there's a broken relationship between a husband and a wife and and some to see you know restored and others to go on in broken state but, right yeah well dad faithfulness and obedience yeah in the same direction mm-hmm. over a long period of time Thank you for valuing that, you know, over success or achievement, right. over building a crowd. Um, I think the uh, the best word that that I've heard, the one that will stick with me, is "be faithful and be constant." Yeah, and I don't know of many other pastors who've done that so much as you have here in the. In the area, it's so easy for us to get frustrated and give up when we don't see change right away. And um, and I'm so humbled to get to know someone like you who's who's stuck it out and who's seen the fruits of faithfulness and consistency. And so um, I think we should close with that word. Yeah. So, um, if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter and Facebook at David Libby 13 and Instagram at David Andrew Libby. Someone has David Libby 13 on Instagram. So if any listeners, uh, want to send candy to the person who owns that and, uh, get it back for me, that would be great. Um, otherwise you, you can find me at David Andrew Libby on Instagram. I think I'm on the Twitter and the Facebook and the Instagram too. As well, somewhere. He's Josh Hawk something. Or Josh another. Hawk PDX. And uh, your wife is on Facebook. Uh, yes. Yeah, and you can be reached by uh, mail to St. John's Wesleyan Church <laughs> in in Portland, Oregon. Or uh, don't... Don't call the church, I guess. But uh, you can you can send a letter and that, that will work fine. And for the Unsuccess Podcast, I'm David Libby. And I'm Josh Hawk. We'll see you next time.